So, Hayes, I have to start by apologizing. <laughs> you graciously invited me to your home last night, and as soon as we started rolling, the card, the SD card said it was full, and it took me a while to notice that, I guess, because when I went home and checked what we got, it was only a few minutes of talk time. So I figured we'd just start over, but I want to apologize no, for good. taking up two of your two of your days. I know no. you're super busy these days. You know, we, we had a good, like, 15, 20 minutes in there. Yeah. I'll say that, you know, I was pretty hilarious i mean there were some really good jokes that people are just gonna miss out <laughs> yeah. on it's too bad for them no. and then we we uh turned the mic off and or the mic turned itself off and we kind of had our own little i don't know spill the tea session which was yeah it was great it was kind of cathartic in these yeah. times that are uncertain Absolutely. and the industry is upside down but um i think this is a good time for me to explain the first question of this podcast because yeah. you've technically already it. answered it and there's an old ancient maxim that says give me the boy at seven and I'll show you the man or give me the child at seven and I'll show you the adult. And what it's implying is that everything in your first seven years of upbringing set you up to be the person you're going to become. And you already answered this question last night. You, of course, compared it to what teacher you had at the time as everyone does. Yeah. But then you had a beautiful anecdote about being at your friend, Chris Kelly. Yeah. Clay Kelly. Clay yeah. Kelly. Um, his house with your huffies in the yard playing Sega Genesis in the basement. Yeah. And I can relate Sonic. to that like a hundred percent. We're basically the same age. We're probably playing the same video games at the same ages. Um, and we're very similar in a lot of ways. We're the same height, same weight, brown hair, scruffy beard. You know, that's why we see each other in casting offices yeah. all the time. <laughs> and I had a similar upbringing. So I'm curious why someone with such an idyllic background from Austin, Texas, strong roots. Why the hell would you choose to become an actor? Or why did you happen to become an actor? Man, long story. Um, but I'll start with my parents got one of the first uh, generation IMAX. Mm. And on the IMAX, they had iMovie. Yep. And um, I don't know if you remember, like it was those, um, the IMAX, you could see through it. With the colored back. Yeah, the colored, yeah, colored back. Yeah. And so it had iMovie. And. I just, you know, just gravitated toward it and started making videos and yeah, and like so it was also the time of like Jackass was coming out and big. Yeah, and this sort of like guerrilla filming style was becoming popular. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, just kind of filming whatever I could. And then I was telling you yesterday that um, in a lot of my classes in middle school and high school, you know, if you're doing a book report, they would ask you to write a paper, or if you wanted to, you could make a video of yeah. it. And so I'd already been uh, editing on the the iMovie, and so I was like, hell yeah, I want to do... Why would you write a paper? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't have to write a paper? <laughs> hell yeah. yeah, I'm just going to yeah. do a video. And so uh, I would do that for every project. Yeah, I love the, the editing process on... You know, iMovie or I use Final Cut Pro now to like just yeah. edit like self tapes or like little projects I've worked on. Um, just like the visual storytelling aspect of it, because I'm a very visual person and I majored in studio art in college because I didn't want to write papers or take tests. I wanted to draw pictures. Yeah, and probably should have you know gravitated more towards film as well. Just didn't have enough time to take the classes and. But I think that visual sense you can probably relate to that like as something that appealed to you rather than taking a boring test or writing a five paragraph essay about your thoughts of about, yeah. you know, Lord of the flies or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all had to, to read it. Yep. Uh, but then an, another thing that really influenced me was, uh, in high school, um, it was a very creative high school. So, um, Gary Clark Jr. is a, is an alum. Sweet. Um, and a couple other guys, uh, shaky graves, mm -hmm. um, 
couple other actors who are out here, uh, Marshall Almond, but Tommy Albright. It, yeah, Tommy Albright, <laughs> a friend there we have in go. common. But we would have like morning video announcements, and I would my freshman year I saw those morning announcements, and they would do like kind of news clippings, and you could, it was all produced by students. Yeah. And so immediately the next year I got into, you know, the morning announcements and, and this was crazy because at the time our teacher would just be like, all right, here's a video camera. You have it checked out, go film something. Right. And for the whole entire period, we would just be running around the school unsupervised. Yeah. Just kind of like trying to figure out something to film. So was that a class like morning video announcements? Was that a class you could take? Which yeah. is like sort of with the broadcast journalism department sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was called like, a f- oh, the, the morning announcements were called chaos. So I chaos. went to Austin high school. Yeah. So it was K dash A H S. They right. pronounced it chaos. Chaos. Yeah. Very clever. Very angsty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you gravitate more towards the production aspect to it or did you want to be on camera in, you know, homeroom being seen by everyone every morning? I didn't I didn't want to cuz they had like news anchors. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do all the behind the scenes stuff and I loved doing that, but for like we got to do kind of skits and stuff and and there's no actors, you know, in the class, so we would all, you know, take turns filming and getting in front of the camera and I think yeah. that's probably the first time that, you know, I really kind of started doing uh, what would later turn out to be acting. Yeah, and I mean, that's a good, doing the behind the scenes aspect of it is a great education because, you know, I studied architecture and they say any good architect should be a carpenter first because you learn how to make, you know, the designs that you're drawing up and you learn what is necessary for a good design versus a bad design. So being behind the camera is going to be super beneficial in in front of the camera i'd have to imagine yeah it's definitely helped me of course you know it's helped me too because of uh so different lenses they use and like okay Mm -hmm. what's my shot is this a wide shot is this a establishing shot are we you know over the shoulder all that stuff you you know you learn that day one in directing and so Mm -hmm. like knowing okay this is my close-up i need to save a little for my close-up because you know that's where the emotion's really going to come out um, and that's where the like the like, craft aspect of acting really comes into play. Like I've talked about this before. If you could have the best performance of your life, sobbing real tears, but if you're not in your light, too bad. You wasted yeah. it. You know. So you have to understand the literally the physics of what is going on between you and the camera and the lighting and the set and the space in between. Because if you don't understand that, I don't care how raw your emotions are. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, I remember I was reading Rob Lowe's autobiography and he was talking about his first job. You know, he had this real emotional scene and and he just killed it the first, you know, four takes and just sobbing, crying. Mm-hmm. And then the director was like, cut, let's go in for the close-up. And he he was like, oh, I'm shit. I'm tapped out. I, like, yeah. I've been crying all these tears. Like, I, I got nothing left. And, yeah, it's just uh, like over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, fuck. Man, I'm screwed. Yeah. How am I going to get this done? I mean, eventually he got it done, but yeah, there's a great book I read called I can't remember the name of it. It was like Screencraft to Technique, but it's all about like that that aspect of it. If you don't understand that, you know, for the wide shot, your voice should be a little louder because the the microphones are picking up yeah. you know a, the, a greater distance in terms of visual field, and then you bring things in closer, you get a little softer, a little quieter, yeah. a little more intimate. Your a little facial, stiller, a little stiller. Your, your facial expressions get a little uh, 
more controlled. Yeah. You know, you don't want those big theatrical, like theater um, emotions. You want something more grounded. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you got to keep your eyebrows down and keep that. I, I have yeah. one eyebrow don't that always goes br- up. I, yeah. Mine too. Yeah. I got the rock thing going yeah. on. But I love, see, I, um, so coming from an athletic background, especially like football, you, it's, you know, you got to, it's in the details and like, um, you have a lot of actors who come out here and they're like, I just want, I'm here for the art. Mm-hmm. Well, you get on camera, there's so many like technical details that can really mess up your performance if you're not aware of them. Yeah. Like hitting your light, hitting your mark, um, you know a lot of the times if you're in the scene you're not going to be thinking about that that has to come you know second nature yeah you have to get those reps in yeah and that's where lower impact things like modeling and little commercial acting spots like there's not as much on the line like yeah yeah, people have spent six months developing the spot and they want it to be good and they want your actions to look motivated and you to you know you to look like a real family if you're with a family exactly all that is is necessary but it's also important just to hit your marks yeah. Like at the end of the day, a commercial spot is one or two days of filming, and they just want you to hit your marks, deliver your lines in a genuine way, and then get the fuck out of there. Yeah, exactly. Which is a little different from being on set for a month or two on a feature film where you really get to dig into like character backstory and create yeah. a create a different version of yourself to put on screen, whereas in commercial acting, you're just basically playing yourself with strangers yeah. Yeah. who you pretend are your friends or your family. And also, after a while, you just realize... Uh, we're a glorified prop. Yeah, you know, we are in furniture with a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because we're here to sell something else that right. is kind of the hero shot, which would be you know, uh, Coca Cola or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Zach Staben on the podcast talked about he was doing a Nike shoot and um, he kept getting wet because it was like they were spraying water on him and then they bring they bring in hair dryers and hair dry him off and he's like, no, I'm fine. Like I'm not cold. Don't don't worry about it. And they're like, it's not for you. Yeah, it's for the shirt. Like <laughs> yeah. we don't care about you. Yeah. So it just goes to <laughs> know show your that, role. Yeah, know your role. You're you're there to sell X, Y, and Z product, and you're there to make that product look good. That is the star. Yeah. Whereas in a you know a show or a feature film, you have actual stars who are selling a story or an emotion or some sort of more artistic intention. Yeah. I'd say. And yeah, you're you can bring more of your creativity to uh, something theatrically, whereas you know the commercial they kind of already know what they want, and you know basically that that's some of the difference I see in going in for a commercial audition. If you can sell this product and it looks like you're having a great time selling this product, mm-hmm. um, then you know there's a good chance you get a callback. There's a good chance you get hired. Yeah. I mean, Killian talks about in his classes, just the way you say the product's name, like have a respect for it, have a genuine joy that it's bringing you. It's not a throwaway line. It's not a throwaway. It's like, you know, every commercial usually has a simple problem, simple solution. And the solution is the product. So when there's the problem, yeah, you can be upset and be forlorn or having some issue. But when it comes to the product, like you better perk the fuck up because <laughs> yeah. that's what you're selling and <laughs> yeah. that's that's what's going to translate to the camera and that's what's going to get you booked and that's going to get you on camera. Yeah, absolutely. There's one thing you touched on earlier about how, you know, uh, those print auditions and, and, and sometimes the, the lower end commercial auditions really kind of prepare you for the big stuff like mm-hmm. those big SAG jobs and just getting those reps in and, and feeling comfortable in front of the camera because a lot of it's just like you you have to be comfortable and you know they're going to do the personality question and yep i'm sure we all have that 
way to steer it to our own answer you know oh, yeah. it's like so what's the most awkward situation you've ever been in or, or yeah there's like the, five to ten personality questions that yeah. pop up in auditions for for print and a lot of print and a lot of smaller commercial yeah. jobs and it's like what's a trip you want to go on what's the last yeah. trip you went on what are your plans for this summer like tell me an embarrassing story about yourself and you kind of get your stock answers down yeah and you can tailor them to the specific mood or tone that you're expecting they want yeah but I mean, I've heard that they don't even watch those sound bites or those little clips with the sound on because they're just looking for your, really? like, that you can be an animated, expressive yeah. person, that you can, you don't clam up on camera. And be happy about being in the yeah. room. Yeah. And just, you know, have some personality. Like there's a million pretty faces in LA, but if you are awkward, they're not very useful. Yeah. It's not a useful face. And And that's what I've heard so many people like preach about is just... You know, yeah, you might have got stuck in traffic. You might have got a parking ticket on your way. You know, you had to change clothes in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a baby crying in the waiting room. You better perk the fuck up when you get in the room or else, you know, you just wasted an hour of your day. You're going to bring it. I mean, I just pulling onto your street, I like hit the curb with my wheel <laughs> and like scratched my rim a little bit. And I was like, fuck. But then I was like, no, I can't bring that into this podcast. Yeah. You know, so it's the same attitude I try to have. But yeah, like we're normally in non-pandemic times, you know, running around to auditions all day yeah. and you start to learn the parking tricks, but maybe it's street sweeping day. So you can't park and you have to hustle your ass three blocks down the street and you're sweating when you roll in and you're tired and you're waiting for the next audition and you're frustrated and maybe this job doesn't pay that much. So you don't really care about it. But yeah, when you get in that room, all that has to melt away and you have to care solely about that, that little bit yeah. that you're there to do. But it's, uh, you know, it's, you have to find that happy medium too, because I, I, you were talking, I can't remember which podcast it was, but talking about, you can sense the desperation of some people yeah, and not giving off that desperation. And there was, um, actually, so this was a job that you talked about. And I think the, one of the first ones, the yeah. clear blue job. Oh yeah. 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 That shot in Prague. Yeah. It was a, it was a 10. You got that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good for you. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Wait, did you book it with your girlfriend? No. Really? They didn't even know. Both of the couples that were out there, Yeah, they didn't know each other before. Oh, because I shot the, with... The rumor on yeah. the street was that they booked real couples so they could pay them less. Nope. Oh. Yeah. They had yeah. real couples come in there, and then um, uh, this is what I wanted to tell you. So I went in there, and you know you're doing something right if they keep asking you to stay. Mm-hmm. And so I went in there and uh, uh, I got done with the first audition and this was the callbacks and Mary Claire, who's yep. a sweetheart, nice lady. Um, she's like, Hey, do you, do you mind staying a little bit? Staying for, staying a, couple for, more rounds for a couple more rounds. Partners. Like, yeah, yeah of course. And, and that's just a chance to, to get more of your yeah. face on camera. And you know, at that time I'd already been there 30, 45 minutes. I was like, Hell yeah, I'll stay. Yeah, you know, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. So I went in there, and the second girl I went in there with, um, you know, you did you go in for that one? The yeah. yeah. I, so I went in for the initial audition, and then I came for the callback. And I don't know if we were sitting in the same room. Maybe we, we didn't. Probably were. I probably we probably didn't know each other at that point. But yeah. it was it was getting late. Yes, I remember. Yeah, the and callbacks I actually, were real late. I had auditioned with my girlfriend at the time as a real couple. Who she's not an actress. And I got the callbacks and I brought her to the callback and they're getting the names down and getting the order down. And they pull me aside. And they're like, Hey, just so you know, like we just wanted you back. <laughs> so, I, mm. so I love to my girlfriend at the time oh, and be no. like, I'm uh, so sorry. And she didn't give a shit. Cause yeah. we've been waiting an hour and a half or whatever. And 
And then, so the story behind that for me is that I get paired up with someone I had worked previously with who had been my yeah. spouse in a Chinette commercial. We got married in a Chinette commercial and we got paired up and we're like, oh, we got this. Like we have yeah. history. We're, we're friendly. We know each other. We work well together. We got married in a spot. We're walking into a pregnancy scan spot. Yeah. Like it's like, this is perfect. This is, we got this. This is written in the stars. And we walk into the callback and the director who's leading the callback is the same director from the China commercial. And we were like, oh, Rama, Rama, Rama yeah, Mosley. She's badass. And we were like, yeah. oh, we're ringers. Like we, they brought yeah. us in because she knows us. Like we're definitely going to book it. And we were on a veil forever and it drove us crazy, but we didn't end up booking it. I'm glad you got it because that makes me happy. No, I do. That avail process was. It nice. took forever. Yeah. And because the, the trip was coming up, I remember like the avail didn't come in until I want to say like a couple days before. And I was yeah. like, where are these? I, I, I got to get a plane ticket or they, you know. Yeah, they gotta get the plane ticket. Um, but they liked yeah. you. They liked something in you because they kept you around and kept cycling you through partners. Yeah, for in the second partner. So he, here's one of the things that I wanted to, to tell you is is the second partner. She comes in. She she's you can tell she's a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know beforehand how much this job pays, and it's uh, there were buyout options that were like ninety k. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, like you're traveling to Prague for ten days. For ten days, yeah. yeah. Um, and you could tell she was nervous. Um, and you know, Rama stopped it. She was trying to make her comfortable mm-hmm. and she was like, so, you know, just think about something that you, cause it's about pregnancy and you, you really want this baby. And she's like, what is something you want more in life than anything to book this job? Yes. No, she <laughs> said that. And immediately I was like in my head, I was like, no, you're doing so great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then you could just kind of feel the air deflate yeah. out of the room after that. So I imagine she did not end up on set with she you. She did not. Yeah. Um, but well, that's you know, another. Bless her heart. That's she another trick. Is like doing when, well. when they ask you those personality questions, like what do you like to do on the weekends? Like, never talk about acting. Don't stuff. talk about acting. Never talk about yeah. in- entertainment industry stuff. You want to be, especially for commercials and print stuff. Like they want real people with real lives. Yeah. So like, is at, at every opportunity, unless they ask you a direct question about your background or your skills or your resume, steer it away from acting. Yeah. They've already seen all your yeah. credits and all that stuff or else they wouldn't have brought you in. Yeah. And then, you know, if you start, they want, I, what's taken me a long time to realize is half of the time you're going to be on set for long hours. And so they just want someone who's normal mm-hmm. and can actually get the job done too. And they want someone who can, who can go there. I remember in, yeah. the, in the callback, Rama kind of, set the tone but she was like all right like we're in this room together like you are a couple i don't care what's going on outside these doors kind of touching on what we were talking about how don't bring any of your your day-to-day life into the room but she was like i want you to be together in this and i i wasn't really sure how far she wanted to take it like in terms of intimacy yeah because we're celebrating you know seeing two blue lines on a pregnancy test and it's like are we supposed to just Life like change. go for it and kiss and like, you know, yeah. do this in this callback room? My girlfriend's sitting in the room next door. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, my partner and I, Nicole Lemoyne, who's an amazing actress, like we... I've worked with... Nicole's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So we we got there and we, you know, we got the avail. So we yeah. were, we did something right. We just weren't the final pick. But that... we mar- uh, Nicole and I have been married in a, an ad before. <laughs> just... <laughs> just like Swapping partners. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you there. No, I mean, I, I don't even know where I was going with that. But um, yeah, just 
They want someone who is a real person who can do their job, yeah. but also be interesting because you're yeah. going to be on set with them for 12 hours. And if it's like all they can talk about is acting, 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 it's going to get boring. Yeah. They want to know that you got stuff outside of acting. Yeah. And shout out to Rama because now that you say that, I never even kind of put two and two together. That's the most comfortable I've ever felt in an audition yeah. room. And just thinking about she was there for, you know, three plus hours giving everyone their complete attention. Right. And then on set, she was just a fucking badass. Yeah. Like, just knew exactly what she wanted. She's doing really cool things with like awareness for domestic violence and things yeah. that I care about. And she's she's awesome. I mean, a good director like that who can who can make you feel comfortable on set, but make you feel comfortable in a callback where yeah. there is a lot on the line and you are nervous and you know that this job could change your life. You know, at least and she doesn't have to act like that she doesn't have to at all yeah but she knows that it's gonna help yeah it's gonna get a performance out of you it's gonna give you the free license to be comfortable yeah and i think that's so important and we talked (laughs) the one of the reasons why i asked you why you ended up becoming an actor because last last night we were talking a little bit and we were just like if I can say this, we were both just like, I kind of hate actors. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we can say that. <laughs> hate, I mean, hate's probably not the right word, but we have a, a distaste yes. for some actorly qualities. Yes, And I think one of the things that we're sort of dancing around or circling around is this over-hunger, this over-preciousness about every little audition, every little role, and that's that hunger that you can smell, and that's that it's like an intensity that's too much it goes beyond doing your job doing it well hitting your marks being a good actor and it it bleeds over into this desperation and this like taking it so seriously that it can't possibly be fun for you no and then and you and it totally people think they're playing it off but you can smell that stuff a mile away mile away and i'm sure like my before i had gotten a lot of auditions under my belt like I'm sure I was the same way. Yeah. Or just clueless. Or yeah. Fucking everything. (laughs) I'm doing everything right. (laughs) But I'm not getting any callbacks. I'm still killing it though. Yeah. That was the tough period when you have to like learn how to audition. And that's what classes like Killian's are great for because you realize, oh, I was doing everything wrong. Yeah. And then just sitting and waiting for my bookings that weren't happening. Yeah. Like I have a phone in this audition and I'm looking down at it. They can't see my eyes though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you told a story last night about um, an audition you had for Westworld. Yeah. And I think your attitude going into that was super beneficial. And I'd, if you wouldn't mind rehashing that story a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll just preface this by saying that, like, man, it, I still get nervous going into any commercial. I think if you don't audition. get nervous, you're dead inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you're a sociopath. Yeah. Um, and especially theatrical uh, auditions really make me nervous. Um, it's just cause like, I know I always go in there with the sides because, you know, I've forgotten lines and had to pick them up and you know, that's normal. Yeah. Um, but this particular one, for some reason I was, I was feeling, uh, pretty good about it. It was for, um, for an, for an army for a soldier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like a 10 line co-star, which is pretty big yep. uh, for a co-star on HBO yeah, original on HBO. It was what I found out later, the series finale of Westworld. Oh, cool. Um, and so I'm going in and I, I can't even remember. For some reason, my attitude was like, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, you know, fuck it. Right. 
and uh, I'm wearing my black shirt, just kind of like give off a little bit of an army vibe. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I get out of my car, I'm wearing my boots and, and there's, you know, two or three guys out um, kind of on the sidewalks pacing back and forth. Like you can hear them muttering under their breath, like their lines. And yep. I'm like, oh shit, like I got to get away from these guys. Cause yeah. we, like we talked about yesterday, you get around people who have that nervous energy and it kind of can, you know, get onto you. Like, oh, sure. You wonder if you should be nervous. Yeah. Like, should I be, do I know my lines that well? Is he doing a better job than I yeah. am? You start listening to him and Wait, he's, like, oh, he's, he's worse infle- than me. He's inflecting this line. Wait, <laughs> why, you know. why that word? Yeah. He's doing an accent. Should I do an accent? <laughs> yeah. Don't do accents. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I was going to say what I told you yesterday was I, I read the, the script and I saw the lines and you know, I kind of had an idea of where they wanted to go because, mm-hmm. you know, how it was serving the plot. And just to preface that is they redacted every everything else except for like the scene I was in. So, you know, I, there weren't many context clues about anything. But you knew the show. You knew the yeah, tone of the, knew show. the show. knew the tone. Yeah. So there's a lot of research you can do. Yeah. Researching casting directors, directors, all that. Um, so I walked in the room and, um, Ken Winther, who was in the room for that, um, she was like, do you have any questions? And I had already kind of prepared everything. And I was like, no, you know what? Let's just go into it. And, uh, if we need to go back, we'll do it. Yeah. And so, um, we did the read and she was like, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect. You know, we'll see you, uh, see you yeah. later. They didn't um, want to change anything. They just like let you. Yeah. In. Yeah. And from experience either that's like a really good thing or they're like oh god they like, move was along terrible yeah. he'll never get there yeah. <laughs> yeah and so i you know i felt pretty good about it leaving and i was like you know at least i think i made a fan in that room yeah um because since then i've gotten called back and um but i did end up booking that mm-hmm. and um that was you know super cool but how so how i'm curious how you're able to avoid putting too much pressure on yourself like the other people you may have seen in the waiting room when you know you're here to be an actor you didn't come out here like like me i fell into modeling started doing commercials and then like you know tv and film is here or there but you have to feel some sort of gravity walking into a audition for westworld versus walking into a a commercial for tide you know a a commercial audition for reebok or whatever there's got to be some sort of like oh this could change my life it's like that ninety thousand dollar buyout it's like this could change my life yeah and how do you balance the the two sides of that coin uh i mean i'm still you know struggling with that because you know um i don't know uh if there's an answer that like i've i think i've only experienced kind of this this kind of calming um you know don't give a fuck attitude mm-hmm. i would say in the last you know two years um just because a lot of this stuff is it is so heavy you want to book it yeah. and you know when i do end up going in there and i'm like oh this would be great to have this would be great mm-hmm. i i end up shitting the bed when it's because i think your intentions and your what you want out of it is in the wrong place like a lot of my yeah. early commercials, I was like, oh my God, like my friends might see me on TV. Like, yeah. you know, I was so worried about what I'd get from it as opposed to what I could bring into the room and how I could just do my job, serve my role and just get out of there and get out of the way. Yeah. I was putting so much pressure on like, 
what it would like, oh, I need this to pay rent. I need this because I want to feel famous. I want to, you know, I think once you can get past that and realize you're just this technician who's brought in to do a certain thing yeah. and then leave. It's like, come fix my washing machine, do a really good job at it, and then get the fuck out of my house. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do your job and get out. <laughs> yeah. Don't linger. I'm not going to yeah. give you a glass of water. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what they always say about audition rooms. It's like, it's, it's your room for the time you're there, but then yeah. leave. Then leave, yeah. you know. Be don't polite. Try, yeah, be polite. Don't expect to like, take anything off the snack table. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> and that's what you were talking about uh, with Marta about kind of going into your agent's office too. Yeah. Like read the room, kind of know when they want to talk and when they don't. Yeah. And like, all right, good to see you guys. Great. Just, you know. Got my FaceTime. That's yeah. what I was here for. All right, I'm going. You remember my face? I still work for you. Yeah. Let's book some jobs. I also do think that, uh, you know, you can't get around the money stuff. Like... If yep. you're out here to make a living acting, like it's tough when, you know, you're going in and you're not sure when your next paycheck is right. coming. So that, yeah, of course that weighs on you. And I think that, yeah, after I started booking a couple commercials and, you know, the print stuff is always uh, icing on the cake. Yeah, um, direct bookings are yeah, the best thing in the world. Awesome. Um, and so once that kind of becomes... You know, money ne never stops being an issue, but mm -hmm. once it becomes less of a, oh, how the fuck am I going to pay rent? Yeah. Once that kind of is taken off the table a little bit, a little pressure gets taken off. You can, you know, ease it a little bit. Yeah. And it's just, if you, after you've been around and you've built up good relationships with your agencies and you're getting consistent auditions, yeah. it's not like, oh my God, this is my audition for the month. You know, it's like, oh, I have three more today. Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to put that much pressure on this one because I'm already thinking about the next one. And that frees up a little mental space. And that comes with just with time. Like, you're, like I, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, on this podcast, on set, and no one just books their first national and then keeps booking national. Like, it doesn't yeah. work that way. No. And if it does, awesome for that person. But it's definitely the exception and not the rule. Exactly. The rule is that you start small and you do your little bullshit $200 a day jobs yeah. and you do your student films if you're trying to build your reel and you do your little print ads and you start to get bigger commercials that start to pay more money and then you start to move towards TV and film. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio did it. You know, he yeah. was in cheese commercials and then he was on a TV show and then he was in movies and now he's Leonardo DiCaprio. But you have to realize that it just takes reps. It takes time. And we, we talked about how you know all the same people I know. You know Nate yeah. Holston. You know April Hale. You know Danny Faisenfeld. You know Nicole Lemoyne. Nicole, we've all... It, we've all worked together because yeah. we've all kind of stuck it out and didn't expect that, oh, after a year or two of time and I didn't break out, like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. You know, you've been here 10 years. I've been here eight years and doing this stuff for six or seven of those eight years. Like, I'd say about the same. Yeah. Six, probably six. And I mean, I think comedians always talk about how it takes 10 years to find your voice. I think the same thing applies to acting. It takes yeah. 10 years to find, I mean, even just stability. Like I'm blessed in the fact that I don't have to have a side job. Yeah. That's huge. That was like one of the biggest steps I worked really hard towards and put in a lot of effort and didn't just like sit around hoping and crossing my fingers that, you know, I took the, like we've taken the same classes. Yeah. We've, I'm sure you've had a million headshot uh, sessions. Yeah. And learn God. how to get your eyebrow down and, yeah. you know, worked with photographers and built up your portfolio and built up your reel because it's not going to get done for you. Yeah. And Marta was talking about how um, some of her clients were like, well, you didn't get me any work this year. And she's like, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, it's my job to get you in the, or get, get the audition. Yeah. And then that, after that, 
Yeah. It's up to us. Yeah. You know? And you got to get good at that part that's on yeah. you. Um, and which, what, you know, getting those reps in, you know, the yeah. more, you, the more reps you get in. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. The more reps you get in, um, you know, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Um, the less, uh, I mean, the more comfortable you get in those rooms, because I remember the first audition I ever had was for some stupid student film. The writing was pretty bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was so nervous that I forgot my lines and just started, I had the paper in my hand. And I could have easily looked down at the paper mm -hmm. and just read the rest of the lines, but I was like, no, they can't see me look at the lines. Like, yeah. I have to improv the rest of the scene, and I could see the guy reading with me. This is like his stupid student project, and I could see on his face. He's like, oh, this is bad. This is real bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's his baby, so. Yeah. And yeah, you could have just looked down at the lines and given yourself a moment and said, can we take it again? Yeah. But that just comes down to nerves, because it's not... I don't know, unless you've been auditioning since you were a child, it's not a normal process. No, it's, it's something you have to learn how to process. do. And you learn it through Killian's or you learn it through Leslie Kahn for TV and film, both classes yeah. we've taken. And it, just, it gets it gets better. It gets yeah, easier. It gets better. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can say. And I'm I'm curious because I've sort of had a renewed interest in pursuing TV and film, which is not great for the times right now because not, you know, things yeah. are shooting, but it's you know, auditions are few and far between, but I'm curious what it's like on a set like SEAL Team or Westworld versus yeah. a set for Clear Blue. You know, I'm I'm pretty comfortable on set for commercials. You know, you might get there and realize, oh, I have lines. Like, they didn't even, it's just they're on the storyboard. Yeah. Like, they don't even they'll call you to set without ever telling you, like, did you rehearse with your scene partner? Like, they don't, you're just supposed to figure it out. Yeah. But I imagine it's a little different when you're the low rung on the totem pole on a, you know, you're doing your 10 line co-star on SEAL team. Yeah. And yeah, like what, what do you find different about the two environments? Yeah. Well, I, obviously, yeah, I'm the low person on the totem pole, um, in SEAL team and in Westworld. Um, and in the commercials, it's like, you know, we're hero guy, or hero, yeah. hero girl. You whatever. might get a trailer. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was very fortunate on both of those sets, Westworld and SEAL Team. They were super, um, like, including me in the process. And, like, yeah. um, like I was saying yesterday, when I got on set for SEAL Team, which was a co-star again, but, like, 10 lines, and I was uh, directly um, had a scene with A.J. Buckley, and he, he came over to me and was like super nice and mm -hmm. telling me what the deal is. There was a little choreography and stunt yeah. work that we had to kind of map out. Because you get your ass kicked. Yeah, I get my <laughs> ass kicked because I'm pretending to be a seal spoiler. in a seal bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, spoiler. Uh, and then they call me on my bullshit and, yeah. and then HA gets in my face and pushes me um, into a group of people who they, the group of people which were stunt mm -hmm. men and women, they saved me from falling each time did you did you have to have any sort of like fight experience for that role uh no they actually had there was a body double uh, okay. but i was like guys i i played football in college like yeah you can rough me up a little yeah, bit I'm, this is nothing <laughs> yeah. you know like but that's another thing that like add that to your resume if you yeah if you, like do you a lot of times it's like do you have stage combat and it's kind of like the thing in fitness modeling especially where they're like do you have mountain biking experience you're yeah. probably not going to need it on set you're probably just going to take a mountain bike out of the back of a car and pretend to get on it and ride it 
which is annoying because you just want to ride the mountain bike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Before, I want to fly fish. Like, but I have to imagine there's situations where they're like, you must have stage combat experience just so you can like get a drink thrown in your face. Yeah. You know, I fall right. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that was a thing. You know, I'm sure you didn't either growing up in kind of in an athletic background that people sometimes don't know how to fall right. Yeah. Like that's well, insane to think about to me. How to fall right to protect yourself, yeah, but also so how to you don't fall like... in a in a way that looks like it's not fake. Yeah. That's like that's the hardest thing to learn is like I did this big PetSmart commercial that aired for a long time and actually Tommy Albright, our mutual friend, yeah. his dog hated that commercial. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's me with a dog that keeps pulling me out of this coffee shop and I keep having to spill a cup of coffee on myself. So I had to go through like ten outfit changes. Yeah. Spill this cup of coffee on myself. And it's it's so hard to spill something on yourself and make it look like make an it, accident yeah. because every fiber of your being is saying, don't spill on yourself. Yeah, exactly. You've gone through your whole life learning how to not spill on yourself. So to learn how to spill on yourself is very counterintuitive. It's like you go through your life learning how not to take a punch. So then you go to a class to learn how to take a punch and, and or at least it, pretend to yeah, take a pretend punch. Yeah, pretend to take a punch and make it look realistic. Um, and that's something I haven't done yet, but I, I'm definitely curious about doing is taking some sort of stage fighting class that would be fun um you know I'd, i've done a little bit of that not much but you know i think both of us would be ahead of the game in the fact that in like muscle memory of yeah. certain, certain movements and stuff like just that. having a like body conscious yeah. history yeah yeah uh but uh, what i was gonna end with on that is uh no, but uh, Westworld set was great. Like they, I had my scene with Aaron Paul. Yeah. Um, which I'm not really a starstruck guy, but like that was pretty fucking cool because I, you know, binge watched. Um, oh my god, well, Breaking I'm Bad. A, Breaking Bad. Yes, I'm a big fan of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking Bad, and um, and so that was cool. But he, you know, like. I'm just kind of this lowly co-star yeah. and uh, everybody was really great on set. The director came up to me and was like, Hey, this is Aaron. Uh, this is Evan Rachel Wood. Right. Um, you know, you're going to they know it's a big deal for you. Yeah. And they should, I'm sure they're sensitive to that and whether or not they like give you your chance to glad hand with the stars is neither here nor there, but it's nice that you, it sounds like you were supported and you yeah. were, you were brought into it in a way that was inclusive. And I'm like best friends with all of them now. Yeah, yeah. They're all over your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we followed back and follow for follow, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but is is there an element of like, you better also have your shit together. You know, you better know your lines. They're not going like, to yeah. give you a chance to catch up or like play play catch up. They're, they expect you to, to show up having done the work you could do. Yeah. And I mean, they don't have to tell me any of that stuff. There's, you know, on HBO, that Westworld, there were like 200 people on set. Just it was a finely tuned machine. Everybody's yeah. doing their own thing, and so the thought of me fucking up a line yeah. is like, all right, I'm. They got to reset everything. You know, all these guys just want to, you know, do their job and get it that get the hell out of here. Yeah. And you know, you're the wild I'm, card. You're I'm, the guy who's the newbie. Yeah, yeah. No one knows, you know, what I'm bringing to the table, and so right. yeah, I I made sure and be completely prepared and you know have a couple different ways to to do the scene even though i i knew how I, how I did it in the audition mm -hmm. because i got on set and they were like all right we're gonna kind of take this in a different direction and you got to be able to roll with that yeah of course yeah um are you able to do the kind of like 
black out and do your job when they call action thing. Because when you get on a set, especially a set like that with 200 people and it's a finely tuned machine, which is different than a commercial set, which is like everyone's there for a day or two, you know, an HBO show that's been running, like they know they can hit their marks and they know everyone's going to do their job. And you're the new guy who mm-hmm. could throw a wrench into the cogs. Um, are you able to sort of, again, put away your nerves and just like rely on yourself to get it done? Because like that's that's one thing I do on on sets is like I, I I'm aware that I could fuck it up and I just I'm aware of that but then I also don't let myself think about it. Yeah. And when it's my time to go, I just just do it, and I trust that my body has done enough reps and had enough muscle memory and I've learned the lines enough, the very few lines I've had to do, but that I'm just gonna get it done and I'm not gonna overthink it. Yeah. I mean it's it. So I did a play last year in. And that was a new experience for me. And I would say that that is more of kind of where I would, as an actor, kind of black out and just like go, you know, all the actor emotions and all, mm-hmm. all the, it, it, it kind of um, takes over and I'm not thinking about anything, but just being in the scene. Yeah. But for me, I haven't gotten to that point where, um, you know, I black out and, and all this emotion is just rushing through me. I mean, there's levels to this shit. I'm yeah, still course. still learning every day. And well, you think you know you have ten lines in a scene, and there's all kinds of coverage. You're not yeah. You're not maybe shooting bits and pieces, and then it's over the the, the hero's shoulder, over your shoulder. Yeah. It's the wide shot. It's the two shot. It's the close up. So it's not like you have I'm just like, all that right. Moment. Start from this line. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then it's like halfway into the scene. It's like okay, fuck. What was it? All right. I got it. I yeah. Got it. Yeah. Let's do it. So there is, you do have to be aware of where you are in time and space. You can't just be like, I'm just going to zone out and let this happen and then I'll be done with it because yeah. you could spend all day filming that scene, you know? Yeah. And and also an, another point to that is just like, once again, kind of know your role. Like I'm here to make Aaron Paul look better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not out of here making these just insane choices right. to where like, it's like, really look at me. No, don't do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Unless don't you're do Paul. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so, you know, yeah, once again, know your role. I'm here to to bring the story along. It, it You know, they're not act, act, asking for my backstory. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. And that it might a director might be like, hey, I want to sit down and talk about, you know, where this character came from and what yeah. they're bringing to the scene and what they're bringing to the story. Um, but they might also just expect you to figure it the fuck out. Yeah. You know, I, I worked in theme park design for a long time and I worked with a designer who had worked with James Cameron and he was filming. But you did this in Jordan, right? I did in Jordan and yeah. I, moved to L- I moved to L.A. with that job. So I worked for a year in L.A. in theme park design and then did a few other things before I sort of fell into this world. But this guy had worked with James Cameron on the, the abyss and this like they were filming underwater and this scuba diver was supposed to go down to this hatch and like open, you know, open this hatch with a wrench. And he went up to James Cameron. And he's like, so what's my motivation? <laughs> and he was like, open the fucking hatch. Yeah. You know, it's like you have to you do your work or like, or just assume that it doesn't matter or yeah. assume that, you know, they're not going to pick up on the fact that you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> just hope, expect the worst, hope for the best. So be prepared, but also hope that, you know, there's no one's looking at you too closely. No, you're just and, the guy who's there to read a few lines or yeah, open a hatch. Exactly. If 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 the director isn't you know telling you what to do every time, then you're probably doing your job. Yeah. You know, it's kind of nice to be in that 
you know, as, as a stepping stone, it's very cool that you're getting these co-star roles. And, you know, you've been in LA for yeah. a while and you've been hustling and, you know, working your way through the commercial acting community. And it's, it, it's got to be cool for you to be getting those roles and to be, you know, your friends see you on Westworld. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's also that sort of balance of you're like a journeyman. You're an actor. You're doing it. You're making money. You're getting credits, but you're not, it's not about you. It's not about your star meter. It's not about your relevance or like meter. how many fucking red carpets you've been on yeah. or who you're dating or, you know, anything like that. It's just about, can you do your job? Can you get out of the way and then, you know, Pull focus when you need to. Yeah. But, well, it, uh, man, it's a lot of people don't understand that, especially from, you know, whenever I go back home, um, you know, I'll have friends be like, so you should just like, I hear this story about Johnny Depp, like just going into a casting office and then like he got his starring role in Crybaby. Like that happens. Like, why don't you just go hang out yeah. at, at uh, Chateau Marmont and like meet, yeah. meet people? I was like, no, w what you don't see is like the 10 years before that, maybe Johnny Depp did, that did happen maybe, to him, yeah. but he had a lottery ticket. It's, yeah. uh, there was, I was watching some interview with uh, John Hamm and he was talking about how, uh, he was meeting with this director and it's right off of Mad Men and the director, you know, they had a great lunch meeting and the director's like, hey, why don't we take this back to my house? And, he, and John Hamm was like, yeah, okay, I'll meet you there. And, he, and the director goes, well, I didn't give you the directions. Do you know how to get there? And yeah. John was like, you know, so-and-so, I, I catered a party there yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, I've met you before. Like, I was catering your home. I've done it twice. And so he's like, oh, shit. You know. I mean, John Hamm is very open about the fact that he got his ass kicked by this town for 10 yeah. years. And you see John Hamm on Mad Men, you're like, this guy is ridiculously good looking. He has such a presence. He's so good at carrying himself. How could he not book work? And it's like, but it took him 10 years. Yeah. And he, he actually moved back to St. Louis and taught drama at a private school right down the road from me for a while. No and shit. he taught... Um, I can't blanking on her name, but the girl who plays Aaron on The Office and was in Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. He was her drama teacher in a time when he kind of gave up on acting and went back and started teaching. And then I guess he came back to LA and you know, he hit Don Draper and he made, but that just goes back to our, it takes 10 years. Yeah. You got to do the catering jobs. You got to do the bullshit jobs. And that's the, the frustrating part is like, okay, you want to become a doctor, you go to school, you go to medical school, you get residency, you know, how, yeah, you have all these path. steps laid out. And that's the part that it's so hard is to kind of figure out your own path. And you're like, you're just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall most of the time, seeing mm -hmm. what sticks. And a lot of time, nothing sticks. Yeah. But there are investments you can make. And that's where... yeah. You know, your buddies being like, oh, just walk into a casting office and get discovered. Yeah. That, you can try to do that. It's probably going to backfire and probably not going to work. But there are steps you can take, like start filming shit with your friends to build your reel. Get new portfolio shots. Get new headshots. You know, go in and talk to your yeah. agents about the stuff you want to book. And then ask them what will, what materials will better angle me for those jobs. Um, and that's why these conversations that we have on set with, you know, you work with someone like Danny Faisenfeld and you're like, dude, teach yeah. me. Like, how did you make a career out of this? And those conversations are so beneficial because they'll be like, oh, I, I did all these different things and I, I kept at it. And I didn't, yeah, there was some aspect of throwing spaghetti at the wall, but there are also things you have to do to, to make it. And yeah. they're usually things you have to do on your own that no one's going to tell you to do. <laughs> um, and those are the kind of conversations that I want to bring to this podcast. So it's great that we can yeah. talk about that. I, um, funny story about Danny. I don't, I 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a personal conversation with him, but you yeah. know, I've I've noticed him because you know I see him in casting offices all the time, and I remember the first time I saw him, he was like, it was probably at Ocean Park, and you know, he knew everybody, and he was chatting it up, and I was like, who's this guy? Yeah, what's he doing? Like, right? I was like, get out of here with that! Yeah. And then, uh, like, turns out he's just the nicest guy, the nicest and, guy. Yeah, and and you could see kind of his confidence and knowing like. He knew who he was, mm-hmm. and and I was probably a little like jealous of that confidence, and I was like, it was probably like one of my first go around. Yeah, because you read it as cockiness at first, yeah. but then you learn about Danny, and you learn that he's one of the most helpful people in this industry yeah. I've ever encountered. He is not scared of competition. You know, he talks to me, and I'm I'm nipping at his tails in his category. Yeah. You know, I've I've gone in for auditions with the same role as him. We're both trying to be dad. And but he's Young dad. M- more than welcome to recommend a manager to me or like tell me about a class that worked and like, you know, I helped him go through some of his portfolio shots and like make some selects and that attitude of like I hate to be like LA hippy dippy, but it's an attitude of abundance. Like yeah. there's work for everyone is refreshing and it also takes some of the pressure off because yeah. you can only book the jobs you book. I I you know, I totally agree and and I th- you asked me earlier uh, what why you feel comfortable now and I think um realizing that this is not a zero sum game meaning mm. that like if you get a job it's not taking away a job from me no we might be in the same category but for whatever reason you brought a different essence to that that role yeah. it wasn't mine yeah. for the taking or you never I, had it mine for the yeah. taking but I never had that role yeah and so I found that the more I help other people um, you know, hippy dippy. Yeah. The more I get back, yeah, give what you want to get. It's, yeah, it seems so cliche and so trite, but but there's so many people out here who it's it's a competition and they'll step on your head. Yeah, or oh, step yeah. on your back to get ahead. They'll climb right over you on the la- like what they think is this single file ladder of success. Yes, I mean I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I had this sort of vision of you know they always talk about the ladder of success and it's no it's more like a cargo net. Like I could climb next to you and we could both be making progress or I could step on your head and push you down and think I'm <laughs> yeah. making more progress or I could give you a hand up if I see that you're struggling. Yeah. Um, there's, there's room to spread out and that's a really important view to have, I think, because otherwise you're going to you're gonna like get bitter and you're going to get shitty. And like you talked yesterday about how you were waiting to go in to do, record a self-tape and someone was practicing their lines and you dropped their water bottle and they were just like, shh, yeah. just oh, angrily God. shushing you. Yeah. And like, it's like, don't shush me. Don't shush. Like, I'm, a, I'm a grown ass man. Don't first of all, yeah. chill. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped my water bottle. I'm sorry. Yeah. It wasn't like to spite you. Um, but yeah, when you take it so seriously, you think that you have to be this like hungry dog that grabs for every scrap. It's maybe it'll pay off, but maybe it's, I don't know if you're going to enjoy the process. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's half. I mean, that's the whole thing is enjoying the process. Yeah. And I've heard so many people, uh, actor stories about how, in particular, having kids made them put things in perspective and like didn't put so much weight on, you know, getting that next job. And so then they didn't seem as desperate and, you know, they started booking more. And they also thought about it like, oh, I got to feed my family. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to do my job well yeah. and not worry about, again, like the fame or the, you know, fortune or the the big grand ideas about acting. It's more like, no, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do it well. I'm going to feed my family. Yeah. And if you can have that grounded sort of look at it, 
it's gonna suit you way better than like oh i gotta get famous i gotta go way <laughs> yeah way famouser than Hayes yeah. does way faster like, uh, yeah i gotta go hang out chateau yeah more there was a there was one thing i had to i started kind of like playing these little mind tricks on myself uh it, when i would get an audition and i would go in for the audition um as soon as i got out of the audition i would archive the email so I wasn't seeing it again. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. And so each, I would archive it again, archive, like, so just it wasn't on my head because you know that stuff. Like, you yeah. go in there and you audition, like, well, shit, I, I, I thought I did really well. Why haven't they called? Why aren't, it, was, you know? oh, it was two days ago. Maybe yeah. they're doing callbacks a few days yeah. later. I mean, it's like the more you obsess about something, the less likely it is you're going to get it. Like, yeah. it's like a, another hippy dippy thing, but <laughs> that clear blue job, like I obsessed over that job. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Prague and I'm going to you know buy an extra yeah. ticket and my girlfriend's going to come with me. And I was so concerned about it. And, you know, I was put in a veil purgatory for however long, like two weeks. Yeah. And that then was brutal. Didn't get it. So I don't know. I don't know what the, the point of all this musing is, but there's something about doing your job, but not putting too much pressure on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's the long road we took. Yeah, to just there. just do your fucking job. Yeah, stay out of the way, and if have it works, fun while you're doing it. Yeah, I mean that's that's another aspect of it is, have you enjoyed this process? Have you enjoyed this climb and this hustle? You know, there's definitely parts that I hate about it. Yeah, actors. <laughs> actors. <laughs> no. there's, there's some a, good ones out there's there. There's some. There's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the. The longer I stay out here, the easier it is to find the good ones. Yeah, the cream floats to the top. And people who get booked consistently get booked consistently for a reason. And it's usually because they're just good people. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not that hard to be good at acting. There's a lot of actors out there. They're not all geniuses. Yeah. You know, I I look at a lot of roles on TV and it's like, if that guy can do it, I could probably do it. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting there and putting in the time and showing the industry that you deserve it. Because if you just expect it, Fuck you. Yeah. But if you put it, if you, if you deserve, if you earn it, then good for you. And I respect that. I got all these, you know, football quotes floating around my head. Uh, Luck is opportunity meets preparation, you know, and you know, there's something great in that. And the fact that my, maybe my huge opportunity hasn't come yet, but when it does, I'm, I'm going to be ready. Yeah, and then going back to just enjoying where you're at, you know, you got a nice apartment, you got a girlfriend, you got some credits, got some money. Yeah, you know, it's that's that you're winning. Like you've you've gone past ninety nine percent of SAG actors who, yeah, you know, most what is it one percent earn a living wage or something. Yeah. So if you can get to that point, you you've won the game. And I have to, and it's it's not like. I know we're we're talking all this advice and stuff. I don't have this thing figured out because I no. con- constantly have to remind myself. Like, That's why I'm picking your brain. I'm trying yeah, to figure it yeah. out too. I yeah, I love to pick each other's uh, brain and you know get advice from other people because you know sometimes I have a lot of times I have to remind myself like, look, I you know I've been super fortunate with the stuff that I've booked. Yeah, I've worked my ass off, but yeah, a lot of those opportunities um i've been fortunate to have yeah um so i just have to constantly remind myself of that be grateful i mean these conversations are huge for me in reminding me of why i'm doing what i'm doing especially in this time of no auditions you know and i've started to book a little work here and there mostly travel jobs and you know, just modeling stuff but like 
my life for several years was just driving around to auditions all day. Yeah. And I haven't done that in months. And like when I'm not with my girlfriend and I'm just in LA in my apartment, like there's apartments like, what is my purpose? Like, yeah. I could, like I told you, I went on two hikes yesterday because I had so much time in the day. I went surfing. I did a fit modeling job over Zoom. And then I went on two hikes because I was just like, I, I don't know what else to do with my day. Yeah. And it's, that's the, the frustrating, frustrating part about it right now is like, you really start to have those thoughts creep in of like, maybe I should have become a doctor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, Cause there is so, so much uncertainty in, in, um, at the beginning of this, I was all gung ho. Like, um, this is time to kind of get my creativity flowing. And then I did a lot of the, like, there were a lot of casting directors doing open calls and they were doing Q and A's yeah. and I was super gung ho about doing everyone for about a month. And then like, I kept, you can only watch so many Q and A's and do so many open calls and before you're like, well, shit, when is, when are things, are things going to get back to normal? Like is self taping is going to be here for a long time. For sure. I mean, I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. And, um, yeah, get on your self tape game. Yeah. That's one piece of advice. Get a, get a gray backdrop and a iPhone camera or whatever you use. Yeah. But also, like, like we were talking about earlier before we started, is is L.A. going to be necessary um, to be in this business if we're all self-taping? You yeah. know, why am I spending you know the money that I'm spending on rent and on a, lifestyle that's very, yeah, you know, it's an expensive city to live in. Yeah, and in a time when you're not reaping <laughs> any of the benefits of that city, the restaurants, the bars, the entertainment. Yeah. You just I'm just paying a lot of money for an apartment I don't <laughs> yeah. want to be in. To sit in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there is an aspect of me that's like I'd love I've always dreamed of a life building a lifestyle where I could go to LA for work but not yeah. be based there. Because I think I I feel like that is the ultimate goal for a lot of people. And it's I mean that's a pretty lofty goal I think, yeah. but I mean I've spent a lot of time out of the city during this this quarantine and this pandemic and Yeah. I've realized that, oh yeah, like I, I'm still booking work, like work's coming back and I'm not going to auditions, so I don't need to necessarily live in Los Feliz, like I could live a little farther afield and come into LA when I need to. Yeah. Um, have a little for more work land. Or like, you know, whatever auditions. Yeah. Have some land, have, I mean, we were talking about <laughs> prepping for the worst, you know, like yeah. have some solar panels and a well, like yeah. I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> have the, the earthquake pack ready. Yeah, I mean, LA kind of scares me in terms of shit hitting the fan, but I am aware that I've carved out a life here and yeah, kind of engraved in that path for now at least. Um, but the industry is definitely shifting, and like you said, self tapes are here to stay for a while, and direct bookings are picking up, which is fantastic. Yeah, because I. I, those are amazing. Those are always fun to get. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've built up a good relationship with your agents in the past few years, you can rely on that, those bookings now, as opposed to going in for castings or yeah, get good at your self tape game. There's plenty of uh, um, resources in terms of learning how to do that and do it well. Yeah. I think Killian was offering one and I'm sure there's a million classes you can take on how to watch a YouTube channel, how to do a self tape. Which uh, y- there was something that you and Marta touched on about, how different the self-tapes are for commercials versus um, theatrical, which it is crazy how different they are. 
Um, one aspect being like you go in the room for a commercial and a lot of times you'll get two takes yeah. uh, and after that take, you know, they'll kind of, uh, direct you more or say, do something different. Yes. Yeah, so do something different. Yeah. And it's hard to self direct that type of stuff. It is hard. And that's where having at least taken some classes like yeah. Leslie Kahn or Killian's help and you can do your research. You can look up the brand or the show that you're auditioning for. Yeah. You can look up the director if you have their name. You can look up, you know, previous spots that have run or previous episodes of that show. Um, you can look at your lines. You know, that's the biggest thing I learned from Leslie Kahn's class was like, they're going to give you a few pages of sides and like study that thing like it's the fucking gospel. Mm-hmm. Read every word, every punctuation mark, every hyphen, every set de- like direction. Um because that's all you get. So you got to pull what you got to squeeze whatever juice you can from yeah. that information. Like what, what page does it say at the top that yeah. matters on? Okay. Well, where's it in the story? You mm-hmm. know? Is this 30 minutes, 60 minutes and then make a choice about how you're going to do it and do it and hope that it lines up with what they <laughs> yeah. want because yeah, we're not able to go in for coaching right now. We're not able to go in for like, Oh, I got this big self tape. Like I need someone to help me do it or you know, even running lines with someone's difficult right now. Yeah. So there are apps that help you run lines. My friend Joselle created an app that helps um, people who are self quarantined alone. You know, do have you dialogue? Yeah. Have you heard of We Audition? I think I've heard of it. So I just uh, start kind of got into that in, in quarantine, and uh, you can pretty much have a reader on demand. Really? On we Audition. It's actually pretty cool. Is it? It's an app. Uh. I don't think they have an app. I think it's just a website. Yeah. Um, but it's like actors helping other actors out. And um, I think for self-tapes, you have to pay for a reader. But you, but know, you get like a real person who Real does. person. Yeah. Yeah. So that's helped me out on a lot of self-tapes. That's good to know. Yeah. We audition. I'm going to look that up. A little plug there. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a sponsor. I have, I have no stock in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah all, the, all the monthly fees go straight to Hayes. Yeah. Give me a little kickback. But... I don't know. I mean, the industry's changing, but we're adjusting. And do you have any last bits of advice for our listeners in terms of, you know, gritting out the hustle in terms of not putting too much pressure on yourself in terms of, you know, anything that you found, little yeah. tidbits that have helped? Um, Just, it, this is not a get rich quick thing. <laughs> like you're not going to come out here being out here for two years and you're not going to uh, hit it big. Like, you have to fucking grind this shit out. And I know yeah. there's the exceptions to the rule, but, um, you know, it's it's something I'm sure we both had to learn uh, a little bit of the hard way. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm, I mean, I thought it was going to be a little easier than it is. I got my first agent and I was like, cool, I'm a model, done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then I realized very quickly that it's not how it works. I mean, yeah. we're both signed with multiple agencies. We both hustle in different markets yeah. and different categories and... You got to do that. You got to diversify your portfolio. You got to, you got to, it's not a get rich quick, quick scheme, as you said. Yeah. yeah. You got to figure out if this is what you really want to do, fucking go after it and hustle. Yeah. Um, but if not, if you think this is like a one year deal, you, you know, test it out if you want to. Um, right. So you're not on your deathbed saying I never gave it a shot. Yeah. But it's probably a 10 year deal. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a 10 year deal. Uh, other than that, I shoot, I mean, I can sit here and, give people advice about how I, I wish I would have done things differently as far as like navigating the, uh, acting world, but we can get into that. We got time. Um, cause I'm curious. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, me personally, I like you. I started out in print. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I would give people, even if you don't want, don't see yourself as a model. People who book print stuff, you don't have to be like an Abercrombie model. Like they're <laughs> looking for real people. No, they're looking for everyone. And actually, the people, the real people, are the ones who are probably going to book more. Especially now, they're looking for real. They're looking, you know, <laughs> what the words they use are like attainable and real and relatable yeah. and that just means not models like i don't know how many castings i've been to that are like no models yeah and i'm like well first of all why am i here second of all fuck <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like print print if you want to be on set all the time door in. it's a good door and you get on set you learn and there's some like improving. and if you're on set doing a print job with a family like you got to make the moment look real so you got to do a little bit of acting and it's a good way to make money at least doing something that's close to what you want to be doing. Yeah. As opposed to bartending. And it gives you experience. Like, and like you just said, uh, I found like ultimately, uh, for me personally, the print is not something that I want to be doing. It's not my career path that I, that I, that's the goal I want to attain, but you know what it does? It gives me the opportunity to do all the other shit that I really want to do. Yeah. Like it gives me the opportunity to write my own shit because I have free time because I'm not worrying about rent. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, get yeah. a print agent. Yeah, 100%. print agent. And then like, I've, I got one of my print agents, um, I got a job um, with a pretty small print agency that I don't think they were even based in LA at the time. Um, but I got this job for this headphone company and I was the only one from this company and there was six other models from CESD, yep. which CESD is pretty, pretty big, uh, print agency. And, and I was like, well, how come I'm not with this agency? And so I like, I asked for a referral from one of the girls who was on set. Mm-hmm. She gave me a referral. Um, I contacted Carol, um, who has been my print agent ever since. Yeah. Um, and I signed with CESD and she immediately was like, Hey, I w- I want you to go talk to the commercial division. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't ask her, but she was like, I, I love to help people. And you know, um, ultimately I'm not with CESD cause I was so damn green at the time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have good headshots and I didn't have, I didn't, hadn't taken any commercial classes. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I was super green at the time. But you had the wherewithal to get that referral, which led yeah. to another opportunity, which it, made you realize, oh, I got to get some shit in order to be in the commercial world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say um, before I get to rambling too much, because I can talk about this forever. It's, um, it's a lifetime yeah. pursuit, man. There was a, one, of my, one of my buddies. Um, he'd booked some good roles. On TV, so he came out here and in one of the things that we're talking about, how he he just came out here and booked some roles immediately. Yeah, and I was talking about like this commercial stuff that I'd booked, and he's like, ah, you know, I'm I'm never gonna do commercials, and I'm only doing film. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool, you know, like had kind of a little bit of an ego about it, yeah. and uh, like didn't even want to do TV. It was like he thought down upon it. Yeah. And that's one of the things I would say to anybody who's listening is like, you may not want to be this commercial star. There's a lot of good money in it. Yep. And you can make a great career out of it. There's not, 
you may not want to be this print model, um, but, but it there's gives good you money these, in it. Yeah, yeah, there's great money in it, and it gives you the opportunity, gives you the practice yeah. to do the stuff that maybe you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look down on it and you say you do book a commercial, you're like, oh, I don't, this isn't where my heart's at, and you come to set with this attitude of like, I'm bigger than yeah. this, like, get the fuck out of here. Because no one's going to like you. It's That attitude's going to rub off. It's going to show through. And you probably won't get more work like that. And if this guy has a long film career that carries him for the rest of his time, great. But yeah. a lot of film stars have moved to TV and commercials. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, it's a very stratified industry. There's They say the middle class of entertainment is kind of disappearing. And you're either a star or you're a day laborer. Yeah. And be prepared to be the day laborer because you, chances are you won't be the star. And if you are, you might not be forever. So and, yeah, and it's gonna take a while to get there. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, <laughs> ten years. That's the that's we the got a couple of years left, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we'll check in in I don't know two years for me and a couple more for you. Yeah. Last thing I'll say, it, like I might have been getting on my soapbox about these things that I'm passionate about. It's just because I've made the mistakes, uh, and I, you know, there have been people along the way that have helped guide me. But I wish yeah. I had, you know, all of this advice from the very beginning and, and knew all yeah. this knowledge so that, you know, I could kind of direct myself without a lot of these mistakes that I've made. No, no one, like, there's no class. I mean, my dad's a doctor and he'd had that path laid out for him. He yeah. went to medical school, he went to residency, he went to fellowship, he got into practice, he's a doctor. And he, it took him a long time to, to stop being like, when are you going to be on TV? You yeah. know, because it's like, I don't know, dad, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm my, working at it. My parents uh, the same way. If you come from any sort of structured, uh, job it's very hard to understand that it's it's just like the ultimate question yeah you know my parents have have learned to stop asking me if i've heard back about auditions yeah i've told so many friends i'm like you ruined it yeah yeah don't jinx this (laughs) for me it's like when someone says uh you walk out of an audition they're like see you on set oh no you won't (laughs) damn it yeah you know i uh, once again, I would relate this back to sports. They talk about how, you know, baseball is the only sport where you can uh, you can succeed at your job, you know, thirty percent of the time and be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, batting. Yeah, batting yeah. average. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's somewhat similar to this. You I know, mean, I don't think sh- I book thirty percent of things. No, I definitely not. <laughs> Maybe Danny Faisenfeld. I'm does, talking but... about Hall of Fame, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got to learn to fail and you got to be okay with it. You got to yeah. fail for a long time. A long time. And probably forever, you know? Even big stars lose out roles to up-and-comers or bigger stars or stars that are in competition with them. So I don't think that aspect yeah. of it ever goes away. And it probably just gets more intensified the farther up the food chain you get. Yeah. But I'm glad you're- that you're, you're, you're doing it, man. You got your own Westworld, your own SEAL team. You're getting beat up. You're getting... <laughs> Yeah, getting beat up. I'm playing the taking your the, lumps, the douchey guy. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. So the I'm faking a seal in one of them, and then the other one I'm insinuating that we should, uh, spoiler alert, rape the robots. Yeah, I in you're Westworld. Not a good guy, man. Yeah, I'm not giving off that good guy vibe. But that's yeah. You're playing to your type at this point yeah. until you can prove that you can stretch. Yeah, and that's kind of the next step for you is probably taking on roles that stretch you and things that have larger arcs and are beyond 10, 10 lines. And yeah, uh, I'm excited that you're on that path and that you're chipping away at it because 
there's nothing there's nothing stopping you Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting getting into the the deep weeds but i, I appreciate you doing this out. i think this is full of advice and this, these are the kind of kind of kind of conversations i love so thanks again for uh giving me a second shot I apologize yeah. for the first try yeah thanks for having me i really appreciate it um Anytime I get to ramble about something I'm passionate about, hopefully it wasn't too. No, this is hopefully perfect. it was coherent enough. I'll I'll edit you down. Don't yeah, worry. yeah. No, I, won't. <laughs> I don't edit shit. Yeah, bleep out all the fucks. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, thanks again, man. Yeah. And bye, kids. Yeah. <laughs>